0: This is the Bartender Journey Podcast.
1: It's the Bartender Journey Podcast number 299. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. This is the podcast that talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. With me today is Amin Benny, who, uh, as you may know, we wrote a book together called Cocktails Made Simple, and we're here today. We're going to talk about books. We're going to talk about our favorite books. We each picked five books uh, to, to talk about. So uh, welcome, Benny. Thanks for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me,
0: Brian. I appreciate it. We had to uh, eliminate our book from those choices because we both know that we would have both picked our book. (laughs) I was going to
1: mention it at the end anyway. I already mentioned it at the beginning, so that's cool.
0: (laughs) Cool. So should I get started? You know, uh, cocktail books are just a great way for you to be able to educate yourself, uh, you know, on top of listening to podcasts like your own um, and searching like YouTube videos and so forth so forth so it's such a great resource to to be able to educate yourself and really uh up your game in uh you know the profession that we do so my very you know my my book that i chose was liquid intelligence the art and science of the perfect cocktail by david arnold which is a, an amazing book for um For the science of cocktails, you know, cocktails have become so fancy. You need a predominantly a textbook to be able to keep up on all the things that are happening within cocktails themselves. So it's it's just a great resource. It tells you some amazing techniques. If you want to get super nerdy, you can. If you don't want to and you want to keep it somewhat kind of simple, it explains a lot and it's uh, just it's a great resource.
1: It is. You know, I, 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 hesitated on buying that book for so long. And, uh, I was like, I'm, I'm never going to have a centrifuge, you know, Dave Arnold's famous for using all kinds of big, expensive, fancy tools. What? I forget the name of his bar now. It's close. It's closed now. Um, but it was in the East, in the East village. Um, uh, was
0: it Clyde, Clyde, no Clyde common is Morgan no. dollars. It was, uh,
1: Booker and Dax. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I actually, I never had the chance to visit it, but, um, Unfortunately, but uh yeah, he's famous for using centrifuges and all kinds of fancy uh, equipment, and I was like, I'm never gonna have any of that. Why should I even buy this book? but as it turns <laughs> out there's he has a lot to teach you and and he, you know, and he has alternate methods as well that you don't need uh, high grade medical equipment to to make drinks with <laughs>
0: yeah he's he's a beast. I mean, he has his own uh podcast where he does uh food and talks somewhat about cocktails, but probably food and just really gets into it and he's just a very Massive personality. He he is passionate and energetic, and and really into what he does. You know, and and into teaching people. So, you know, he's 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 a pretty awesome guy.
1: Yeah, I I actually met him once, and I'll never forget. It was a uh, unofficial bartenders week, which we used to have here for uh, New York City, um, USBG, and uh, it was always in it was in January, and I remember it was in this sort of like a not a banded lot exactly, but it, was, it, looked, it looked like it, it wasn't a lot at one point, and they turned it into a park. And uh, there were all the different cocktail bars made um, their take on a on a hot drink. Most of them were um, were uh, hot chocolate-type drinks. And, uh, yeah, I only met him that one time, but, yeah, exactly. He does have quite a uh, presence to him.
0: <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. And that party sounds like fun. I used to do those parties back when I was uh, too young to
1: indulge. <laughs> All right.
0: What uh, what did you pick?
1: Well, I got one here. It's uh, The Bar Book by Jeffrey Margenthaler, Elements of Cocktail Technique. And uh, that's exactly what it is. It's a lot about techniques and, and about ingredients as well. Um, it really goes, I mean, everything you need to know to be a high-end bartender is in this book, I would say. If you read it from cover to cover, you really have a um, great basis for uh, for just about everything. And um you know, everything from herbs and um, syrups and there's cocktail recipes as well. And, uh, but boy, he just goes in depth with everything that he debunks a, f- a few myths uh did you ever hear about um you know you'll get more juice out of a lime if it's a uh, warm room temperature or if it's or if you roll it and he was like everybody's always and i heard he I, he was he, he was giving a talk at Tales or something one time and, and he says you know everybody always told you that and you just believe it you know he said I, I i said he said i'm gonna test it so he he took like, what What was it? Five pounds, uh, well, 20 pounds, 20 pounds of fruit. And, uh, one was, you know, room temperature, one was cold, one was rolled, one was, uh, rolled and room temperature or whatever, four different ones. And it turned out just the refrigerated fruit without being rolled, actually, they were pretty similar, but that one had the most, yielded the most juice and, uh, which is, um, debunks the, the myth or the uh, the common knowledge, I would say. That's what I was always taught, right? <laughs> yeah, you? no, totally. It's funny how you hear
0: all these things and you're like, oh, everybody knows this and it's never been proven. Somebody told somebody and it becomes the new law and yeah. uh, it's it's kind of cool to see those things debunked and really get nerdy and and find out those things. I mean, how many people would really care about what makes the most juice per lime except bartenders and how nerdy we get about things which is yeah awesome the awesome part about of our about our industry
1: yeah yeah and um yeah i hate to i mean limes are can be expensive man we're going through a lot of limes every day yeah <laughs> i started a method where i um i juice the limes and i use a the tabletop or the bar top <laughs> hand press so it's a mechanical one but it's um like about what foot and a half high or whatever, and it has a big handle, so it's, it's sort of like the clamshell, except it's um, it has a longer handle, so it's easier. Anyway, so uh, I do that, and then with the spent lime shells, I put it in a like a beer pitcher and put a put a little sugar on it, so it draws the oils out of the skins, and um, like you're making an sacrum. And then uh, I add um, I let that sit for about an hour, and then I um, add a little citric acid to it and some hot water from the coffee machine and um and it comes out great you're getting that delicious the skins the oils from the skins are just so great and it like doubles the yield so it's 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 pretty cool and citric acid costs like nothing man it's like you get like a five pound bag for like six bucks or something
0: yeah no 100 percent. it's cool to see you're making your own rose's lime which is you know kind (laughs) of kind of you know that same process is is how you can make yourself a killer rose's lime and that's that citric acid adds that tangy little you know, pop that you really want that you can't get when you make your own lime cordial without using uh, citric acid or, or citric and malic acid. so
1: Yeah, well, I'm just adding that to the original lime juice to, to double the yield of the, of the lime juice. So I use it just like regular lime juice. Um, you know, so that, what I made mixed with the, with, with the actual juice, cost effective, it really um, it like doubles the yield of, of the lime juice. Yeah. So did you have another book?
0: Yeah, I did. It's uh, Smuggler's Cove by Martin and uh, Rebecca Kate. Great book. If you're really into tiki, this is uh, an amazing book. It tells you how to make the syrups, how to make everything that you would need. And, uh, yeah, they, they did a great job. They went into the history. I mean, you think Beach Bum Berry got everything with the multiple books that he put out. And then you read Smuggler's Cove and you're like, wow, there is, there's a lot here still. And I'm sure that they'll uncover a lot through the whole process of, you know, the uh, tiki, archae- tiki archaeologists that they are, hmm. but uh, shares a lot of classic recipes, a lot of smuggler clove recipes, gets into uh, tiki decor, how to have a tiki bar and uh, tiki culture and history.
1: Yeah, it's a, that's a great book. Uh, they were on the show. Uh, well, Martin was on the show. And Morgan Tharlow was on the show, I should mention, as we go along. (laughs) Everybody's been on the show and try to find the links. We'll put it in the show notes if you want to link back to hear any of the interviews with any of these authors. But, yeah, I really really liked his um, take on tiki bars and how they – how they came to be uh, so, you know, well-liked in, in America and and how it's, uh, like, supposed to transport you out of the reality. You know, there are there usually no windows in tiki bars. I remember him saying that. So, uh, you know, and the t- decor is always very interesting and cool. And the drinks are great in that book. So my next book is Esquire Drinks, an Opinionated and Irreverent Guide to Drinking by David Wondridge. This is an old book. Um, it was... Uh, I think it was early 2000s, um, 2002, and uh, it's actually out of print, but if it's available on Amazon, I saw it on Amazon used for $2.81, so that's pretty cool. This is a very uh, informal book. It's uh, not pet- pretentious whatsoever. It's all classic recipes, and uh, but he gives, uh, you know, David Wondridge is obviously the, uh, the be-all, end-all cocktail historian, so uh, if you ever if you're ever curious about the history of a drink, um, I always just Google the name of the drink and then Wondridge together. to, to uh, You'll get good information that way. But um, this is a really fun book, and uh, and it's I got it signed by Mr. Wondridge in... Uh, the streets of New Orleans one time, and uh, yeah, I, he said he said I had a lot of fun ma- doing that book. So <laughs> easy to read.
0: Nice. <laughs> uh, Wonder if you know if you start looking at some of his other books, like he came up before he started doing Imbibe and Punch, you know, doing Esquire and all these other uh, cocktail books, and it's uh, cool to see the evolution of the research and everything that he's done to become the you know, the true historian that he is right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I had him on the show one time by telephone and I called his landline in Brooklyn and uh, he says, oh, hang on, let me just turn the music off. And he was playing like some old, old timey jazz. I said, that sounds about something like what I would expect you to be listening to. I bet it was on vinyl, wasn't it? He said, oh yeah, of course. Good guy. <laughs> yeah, he is a good guy.
0: Let me grab my next book here. A Proper Drink by Robert Sim- Simonson.
1: Yeah, I haven't read that one.
0: Uh, so this is, uh, this is a great book for the uh, modern cocktail movement that we're in right now. Uh, it talks a lot about how that got started even back in the early or uh, mid to late 90s and uh, really goes through the history, goes through cocktail bars, goes through the bartenders, the famous drinks and what they what the original recipes to those famous drinks were, because some of these are a little different. we make them now um, you know, and just the the entire history and that history really would have been lost if he didn't put this book out because it didn't happen that long ago, but who was really keeping track of everybody and everything and and uh you know, so it's it's great if you want to know what's happening with the modern cocktail movement. I kind of break down cocktails into three segments which is you know classic cocktails the whole tiki and the modern movement they are in right now and um yeah it's just it's great to be able to see how we evolved from sweet and sour mix and uh, horrible ingredients and all these very sweet cocktails and sweet shots that we used to put out back in the day and uh how we got to where we are right now we're we're using, you know, fresh ingredients and quality ingredients. Cool. I'll have to get a hold of that
1: book. It was. Um, he, I think he's a writer for the New York Times, if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah, and he has a couple other books. You know, he has one that is about old fashions, and he's he's done a few uh, cocktail books as well. But this is an actual, like, a read book. It's not—there's yeah. cocktail recipes in it, but, you know— we're used to lots of pictures. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's
1: a, that's a good one for quarantine time when you have time to sit down and focus. Although I've I've been finding it a little hard to focus with everything that's going on. Anyway, the um, next I have Gary Regan Gaz's uh, "The Joy of Mixology: The Consummate Guide to the Bartender's Craft" and. Um, I, I miss this guy so much. Uh, I attended his cocktails in the country, um, which was uh, something he did uh, over the summertime. Um, there'll be 10 bartenders come for two days, and uh, it was really great i i have so much respect for the guy unfortunately as uh, as you know he passed away recent, very recently so uh, i have a lot of respect and really miss that guy but this this book's great there's this is actually the first edition there's a, there's a newer edition uh which i should probably pick up and this book is uh this original one was written in also pretty long ago it's signed by Gaz. yeah nice. signed book to you, brian with lots of love from Gaz regan <laughs> I ordered. Did you know he wrote a gin book? I didn't. I, I did I didn't not know. know that. I came upon it somewhere. I was like, I didn't know he wrote that book, and it's also out of print. But um, I ordered it used on Amazon. It came the other day, and uh, I opened it up, and it's like it says. I opened it up, and in the first page it says, "With lots of love, Gaz." I was like, I was so confused for a second, but it's a used book. Somebody he signed it for somebody else. It wasn't, it wasn't made out to me. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. <laughs> anyway, back to Joy Mixology. He had a term. He didn't like the word. Um, mixology although he uses it in the title here the joy of mixology but he didn't like the word mixologist which i tend to agree with so he has a he has a phrase called the cotillion bartender uh, that's what that's what he that's what he <laughs> says differenti, differentiates differentiates uh, but um boy there's great stuff here there's there's cocktail recipes and he breaks things into um cocktail families which is a great way to learn uh different drinks just a great way to categorize drinks and and keep them straight in your mind but um i like in the beginning here the bartender do you have what it takes (laughs) he goes on and on about that a word about the boss um How to deal with unwanted advances, you know, he was talking about that in 2003 when, uh, you know, (laughs) there's been a lot of talk about it over the last few years, but um, he was talking about it back then. And uh, a few easy lessons. If you think a customer might have had enough to drink, you're probably right. Uh, The customer's always right, the first time. (laughs) How to treat a bad tipper, how to to deal with unwanted invitations. what to do during slow periods, what not to do during slow periods, how to arrange your liquor bottles, (laughs) how to make sure customers come back. So there's a lot of great, great uh, lessons in there besides the recipes. So, uh, yep, lots of love for Gaz.
0: Yeah, uh, Gary Regan was a giant pillar that helped to make the modern movement that we're in right now. You know, he took on uh, being a mentor and educating lots of people. Um, Yeah, there's, there's, nobody has anything ever bad to say about him as a person. He's done some amazing things in that book. Uh, even though it was written very long ago and even though they have an updated version out now, which if you haven't read that, make sure you get the updated version. And even if you have read it, get that updated version. Um, it's, it's still a very, very important cocktail book.
1: It sure is. Yeah. And, um, yep. And he was on the show. I recorded with him, uh, at an outdoor, uh, cafe. I'll never forget. Uh, well it, it was where the, um, cocktails in the country was, but there was tables outside where we sat and it was a beautiful day and we had a great chat. So, uh, if you haven't heard that, um, I'll try to make links to all these things in the show notes.
0: It's awesome. You got to do that and got to meet him and everything. I, I never got to, but, um, how, how was that course that you took with him?
1: Oh, it was awesome. It's, um, it's, so it's, he used to do it over the summer about eight sessions and there'd be 10 bartenders come each, each time. And it was in this, um, actually not far from where I live here and, uh, North, North of Manhattan in, in, in New York, in, uh, Orange County, New York. And, um, it was in, it's, it was, it's in this, well, there's this restaurant called painters and, uh, they actually have rooms upstairs, like an old timey inn, you know, so you go and you stay overnight and, um, he give he gives seminars and then you, um, it, he, but he t- he'll tell you straight up, he'll be like, you're probably going to learn more about uh, mixology from each other than you will from me, you know. He, he talks about being a mindful bartender and how to treat guests and how to treat your fellow workers and, um, and all, just all kinds of stuff. And uh, he does this guided meditation, which is really something not something I was ever into before, but I really enjoyed that. And um, so uh, – and then you pick – um his sponsors who've donated bottles for this and uh so if you pick a spirit out of a hat um so you might get you know whatever you might get bourbon and and gin or whatever and uh so then everybody takes a shift behind the bar and and you have to make an aboriginal cocktail with that and uh serve it to the to the other nine people plus him and uh you do that once each day and uh at night (laughs) at night he says uh, and well, in the beginning, he explains how the course is going to go. And then he says, uh, and tonight you'll go around the corner to the local dive bar and you'll play pool and darts and drink Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and in the awesome. more, and, uh, and he's like, take, make sure you t- all take care of each other now. And, uh, so then, uh, in the morning he blasts, like rolling stones and stuff about eight o'clock in the morning. You just blast music to wake everybody up. Nice. Uh, if you got to wake
0: up. It should be to the stones, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's a great, it was a great experience. Sounds like fun, man.
0: Sounds like fun. Well, my next book is a Beach Bum Berry remix, a gallery of tiki drinks written by uh, jeff berry who is like the indiana jones of tiki uh research and getting everything out there so if it wasn't for you know jeff berry beach bum berry doing doing his thing and hunting down everybody and really being the tiki archaeologist that he is it uh, a lot of these recipes and a lot of these old ways that tiki is now would be lost um, this here is a copulation of two of his books, which is uh, Beach Bum Berry's Grog Log and Intoxica. So he put out these books back in the day, and I ha- actually have a first edition of the uh, Grog Logs which was like sitting on the Barnes and Noble discount thing back in the day, and I was like, I love Tiki, why not? <laughs> nice. So it was super cool. But it's, uh, he put out these little books, and when it got to a certain amount of time and he's updated and everything, he said, I'm gonna put it together all in one book, which is uh, The Remixed, which is why he calls it that. But the uh, information that's in here is amazing when it comes to Tiki and the culture. Uh, the history of everything lots of cool pictures showing you know uh, tiki advertisements from back in the day awesome artwork lots of great recipes that you can use i mean if you had to have uh, one tiki book smuggler's cove is great Um, but this one here has so many recipes and again it's it's the history. He's hunting these people down. He's finding their their old journals and bartending books that they put the recipes in from back in the day. He's getting all that information and just putting it together for you. And it's a lot of work and a lot of research he put into making that happen. But you know, he's put out some great books, and um, he's just uh, I love Tiki. So Tiki is one of my favorite parts of being a bartender. Um, and, yeah, he's he's the man who made it happen, you know, and brought everything back in a way. So,
1: I, yeah, I don't have that book. I have uh, Potions of the Caribbean. Great book, but, too. Uh, yeah. So Sip what was the title Safari. Of this one again?
0: uh This is uh, Remixed. Beach, oh, okay. bum, Beach Bum Berry Remixed. Uh, he has uh, sip and safari as well, which he just updated updating cocktail books is a new thing. There are so many yeah. updated cocktail books out there <laughs> and it's cool. You know, I mean, I, I'm a sucker and I'll pay the money to get a little bit more and get the updated version. But, um, I'm really hoping that he puts this cause he, he, what he did was sip and safari. He updated it and put it out through cocktail kingdom. Um, you know, same with potions through cocktail kingdom. So I'm hoping that he ends up doing remixed. He has a, uh, little pamphlet that was a cookbook as well. I had a few cocktails in there, but mostly about food. I'm hoping he throws that into remixed and puts that out as a special edition. So if you're listening, Jeff Barry, get that done, man, the industry, we need it
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. T- well, you'd mentioned the history of T or the research that went into this, into these books. Um, tiki was, Tiki's like secret, man. Oh, the old time Tiki bars, the old time Tiki bars, they would like um, not tell you what's in the drink. <laughs> it was a secret proprietary. And in which one of the books they said a lot, sometimes the bartenders didn't even know what was in the bottles. Like, you know, you know, you, you need an ounce and a half of the one, of the one in the uh, red bottle or whatever, you know, and, and the bartenders wouldn't even know what was in the, bo- the syrups or whatever it was, you know, were made by somebody else. <laughs> oh, totally. they would number the bottles. So it'd be like one Numbers through 10 like, or whatever code right. they had. And
0: right. they'd be like, you know, use an ounce and a half of one, use uh, three ounces of four and blah, blah, blah. And I guarantee you, that Jeff Barry had to actually take a pair of pliers and pull some teeth out to get this information that's in there. Because a lot of these people, I mean, the honorable thing, it was like the mob. The honorable yeah. thing is to take your secrets to the grave with you, kind of situation. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he uh, said, hey, you know, there's a lot of people that are gonna wanna know your story and a lot of people who really want this to come back. We can bring it back. And he brought it back so yeah him him yeah. and quite a few other people spin and all these other people in that tiki uh community has just brought it back and we love it you know i love that yeah
1: stuff. it's cool it's weird there's very few tiki bars in new york like i can't even think of one <laughs> yeah so for some reason and and some it might have been robert simonson uh, wrote an article about somebody wrote an article about it, and it was I, I forget what the, I forget the logic of it, but it kind of made sense what he said why why they don't seem to thrive in New York. I have to try to find that article.
0: You would think because it gets so cold, it's like hey, we would want to kind of get out of the cold and get in a mental state of being at a warm and tropical place. So I, I don't know why it doesn't work in New York, especially with the tiki bar. I know space is limited, so. But you can easily take a small – a lot of tiki bars are super small. So, you know, I. it's weird. It's weird that it doesn't work. It works in California. I think we have, like, in Orange County, we have, like, three. I know that San Diego has quite a few and L.A. has quite a few as well. And uh, I always feel like we need more.
1: mm I really want to go to a tiki bar now. <laughs> I remember, I remember as a kid, we used to go to this Chinese restaurant, but it looked like it looked like a tiki bar. And uh, you know, I always remember my mom getting fancy drinks and eating the uh, cherries out of her out of her drinks. <laughs> but they, I remember them being tiki style drinks. Yeah. And they would well, have the me... they'd have like the place map with the with the drinks on it, with the recipes sometimes. Oh I yeah. That, I don't think that place had it, but I remember that as a kid, you know. I always I always found that interesting reading those uh, those those placemats with the cocktail recipes on it. I guess it was, a, uh, I I guess my, my fate was set back then. <laughs>
0: you find that in remix where they take a lot of those or matchbooks or any of those cool things from the Tiki bar. And they put that in the book and it's kind of the art, which is awesome. Uh, let me throw out, uh, a shout out to a local orange County Tiki bar. If you don't mind, uh, we have in orange County, we have strong water, which is the people who uh, the brains that put together Blind Rabbit has uh, started a concept that's just Tiki, and it's it's an amazing place. I know that you know right now we're in the middle of COVID, nobody can go. I know they are open for um, for a pickup, and you can pick up cocktails and everything as well. But once the world gets back to normal, if you are ever in Orange County. Definitely check out Strongwater. They have a, it's all tiki in the front, uh, you know, and you have uh, lava going and they have little themed tables and everything. But when you go into the back, it's a uh, captain's quarters or the officer's oh, well. quarters and uh, it's a gin bar. So, mm-hmm. you know, because. The crew drank rum, which is in the very front, and the officers drank gin, which is in the back. Uh-huh. So they they have a speakeasy <laughs> within this total small concept uh, tiki bar, and both outlets are really cool. These people are like, their hospitality and the detail that they put into every tiny little thing is just like going to Disneyland. You know, <laughs> every every little nook and cranny has details, so they're they're amazing at what they Very do. Very cool.
1: Wow, that sounds great. Um, so, my next book is "The Curious Bartender: The Artistry and Alchemy of Creating the Perfect Cocktail" by Tristan Stevenson, and uh, he's an, he's an interesting guy, smart guy, and uh, he. Uh, this book is what, what's really interesting about this book. He'll give you a classic cocktail recipe and then he'll give you his, uh, sort of improvement on it. And, uh, so, you know, even like a bloody Mary, he'll, he'll give like a classic typical recipe. And the next is is his ultimate bloody Mary. And, uh, so, um, you know, it has, you know, fresh tomatoes in it and sherry vinegar and, uh, powdered MSG (laughs) pomegranate molasses. You know, I never would have thought to put those things in a, in a bloody Mary, but, um, all, all kinds of drink from the sidecar. Um, to uh corpse, corpse reviver. And uh, so he, you know, it's, it's, you know, the classic recipe is the classic recipe and, and they're, they're great on their own, but then his, uh, his take on it can be really interesting. I, I need a we need to find out how Tristan got the multi-book
0: deal. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, it I mean, it is cool because them all his books are kind of look the same, different colors and everything. And so it's like a series and you know, it is cool. And I've, I've heard him on a few podcasts and everything. And he's, he's uh, very well-spoken and very educated person. So he is a great guy. My uh, next book is uh, the PDT cocktail book, the complete bartender's guide from the celebrated speakeasy by uh, Jim Meehan. Now, I actually want to say that I didn't want to buy this book. It just looked a little showy. Mm. So, I mean, I I kind of waited and everybody talked about it. I'm like, "Eh, I don't know, you know, uh, uh, after buying it and reading it, I mean, I'm, I'm using it as one of the books that, that, you know, I think is one of the best books out there blown away goes into, uh, how to put together a bar. Um, You know, uh, another reason that I didn't like it was that, you know, they they break down into what the brand is that they're using instead of saying, you know, this is cognac. They're going to say, okay well, it's this brand that they use, which makes it kind of harder to be able to make those cocktails at home unless you have access to all those bottles. But on the same sense, it's intelligent because you can make yourself the exact same drink that you would be getting there and by uh, having a by the brand and how they make it and everything in there, you know, you're know, you able to have that experience away from the experience. But um, Jim Meehan has done so much within the community, is a true pillar of educating and uh, mentoring bartenders. And uh, it's, it's awesome to see what he's done and where he's gonna go. You know, the Meehan cocktail book yeah, the uh, Meehan uh, Bartender's book is amazing as well, so.
1: Yeah, the the second book's incredible. I mean, it goes yeah. I mean, if you want to open your own bar, you need to read that book from beginning to end. It's it's amazing. 100%. He's um he's a, he's a great guy. I interviewed him um I interviewed him at, at PDT at his bar before they opened. Oh, that's cool. Uh, um yeah, before opening. And uh he, he's such a gentleman. He signed my book wrote his, wrote his cell phone number in there. He's like, if you, Oh, if you ever want to get into it, cause it's really hard to get into that bar. Like it's nearly impossible to get into that bar. <laughs> but he, wow. wrote his number, he wrote his number in there. If you ever want to come, let me know. And uh, really super guy. You have to, if you want to go there, you have to call, uh, exactly at three o'clock on the day that you want to go. That's when they start taking reservations and, uh, they fill up pretty quick.
0: <laughs> when, when you get to pull off stuff like that, you know, you're a success because yeah. <laughs> how many people can say only day of only after three o'clock go and yep. still fill the bar up so i yep. mean it's pretty cool it's pretty awesome and
1: for for anybody who doesn't know the uh that's a real speakeasy bar in fact you go through a, a old telephone booth in a hot dog shop to get into it
0: <laughs> i hear the hot dogs are amazing there too you know they own both yeah. of those the concepts
1: yeah the hot dogs are great Um, Yeah, that's a pretty special place, and they've been around a long time. So hopefully they can make it through this fucking thing.
0: Yeah, hopefully.
1: (laughs) Uh, So I have a fifth book here. It's Sasha Petrosky's Regarding Cocktails. And um, it it was written actually for... um, for the home bartender uh for make for cocktail parties but i included it because sasha was such an incredible force in our, in our industry and um he really um i mean along with him and dale DeGroff and gary regan really those three just launched the um the whole movement that we're going through now um so uh I, and it, it's uh, very simple easy to read each page um there's one recipe per per page and uh very easy to follow but um you know he's he was such a perfectionist and uh, such a gentleman. He he passed away a few years ago, but his um, his wife actually finished this book for him, and um, uh, Georgette, and uh, she's she's a really sweet lady, and uh, <laughs> she signed my book for Mister Weber, a gentleman in cups and spirit, <laughs> Georgette Petrosky. So uh, yeah, that's I, cool. I, yeah, I like this book very much. So that's that one.
0: Yeah, Sasha Prochowski was one of the, uh, I think if you take Dale, he had his people who he kind of mentored. Sasha was one of the first people that he took in and started mentoring. And from that, uh, Sasha has mentored and taught so many people how to do so much and just a huge part of the industry. And his loss was... It was s- extremely sad you know it's sad when anybody uh leaves this place but it's even sadder when you know it's not their time yet
1: yeah He was it um, was in his early 40s i think yeah yeah
0: yeah it's so it's shame. just it's it is a shame it's too bad because he had so much more to teach and he could have affected and touched so many more people during his life
1: I, I've met, I never had the opportunity to meet the gentleman, but uh, I've met several people that, that worked under him and they have incredible work ethics, every single one of them, you know, incredible. For anybody who doesn't know, uh, Sasha opened uh, Milk and Honey in Manhattan on New Year's Eve of 1999. And uh, he was very precise, so he's dressed to the Tea, you know, I think uh, that's what that tradition has continued in our business, where everybody uh, likes to look sharp. And uh, but he he got a a very small space in like a I think it was like a residential building, and. Um, but, uh, you know, so everybody had to be quiet. You couldn't disturb the neighbors, you know, so there wasn't loud music or anything. And there were rules. He had, he had rules posted like, like, uh, ladies shall not be, uh, approached uninvited and things like that. <laughs> no, no standing. Everybody had to sit at the bar and, uh, so, uh, and yeah, then the story goes, Dale was, um, definitely one, his mentor for sure. Uh,
0: another place, man, if you can make rules like that and still be successful, you know, you've made it. Yeah. Well, uh, and I,
1: I, I just, think a lot that of that was like the first, co- that was like the first cocktail bar like that. That's inspired thousands, inspired thousands.
0: Cause everybody ended up having rules and, and, you know, I get it, you know, there's a place for everything you know, if you want to be loud and crazy, that's great, but there's a place for that, you know, and if you're putting together something where people can have a very, like, controlled experience that is in more intimate and quiet, you know, you have to respect people's boundaries, especially if the place isn't very large, and there's not a lot of room to kind of let loose, so...
1: Well, guess what? When we finally get around to reopening bars, it's going to be even more like that. <laughs> I mean, as we True. reopen, there there's there's talk of, you know, reducing the capacity of the restaurants and bars by 50%, 75%, you know, so I
0: I would say at first and I and you know, I I remember when they closed everything, which, I mean, wasn't that long ago, but we have been stuck in our houses so long, it seems it, like it seems forever ago. <laughs> it <does. laughs> but uh, it went, you know, from, hey, we want everybody to only be like 100 people in one place to 50 people in one place to, you know, let's keep 25, you know, groups of 25. And I would assume that we're probably going to reopen that way in the world. You know, it's... Maybe a while until you get to go out and go to a concert or yeah. um, something where just people are piled on top of each other but I'm hoping that it's not going to be too long until your favorite place is open and we get to get out because we are sick and tired of being <laughs> in in the house and you know I, I'm not saying that we need to open beforehand you know before the time is right at all I think we're very blessed in in Lots of lots of bad things happen in the world, and sometimes you have to, you know, grab a gun and go off to war, and you know, do something, you know, kill people or get killed, you know, and and those are atrocious and horrible things, and you know, sometimes they have to be done for the better of all good, but we're just told to stay at home and watch Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I mean that's that's all we're asked to do here, and yep. so you know, I know it's an inconvenience, and I know that we're all. We're all honestly suffering together, but it's not too bad, you know.
1: Yeah, things yeah, could, be, could worse. be worse. Could be worse. So, I just I hope I don't have to bartend in a mask and gloves. That would not be fun. <laughs> no, it be that so, will be hard. It'd be so weird.
0: Oh, but if they theme it out and they make you look like an outlaw cowboy. Uh, You know, (laughs) get a bandana and a cowboy hat and you cruise around the bar. You know,
1: you're going to start seeing themes like that. (laughs) I guess so. I I didn't think of that.
0: Uh, uh, People will get creative. You know, they they'll do something. You know, I think a lot of people and the creativity has really shown with the situation that we're in right now. Cocktails to go. People have uh, bounced back and figured out how to make that really work Mm -hmm. uh getting food getting food to go you know there's some spots some restaurants even before this were just basically set up to uh, hey you you come here you pick up your food you take it home you have it with your family it's not that big of a deal you know and you don't have to mess your kitchen up and you get some great food and you get to enjoy your family instead of cooking and cleaning and i think we're going to be a lot more open to that concept uh when this is all over We can get some cocktails and have, you know, six people over, and and still be able to feel safe, but still get to have a good time and enjoy great company. So, uh, you know, the world's going to be different. I mean, look at we're zooming, and we're we're talking from two different coasts. You know, a lot of people are going to be working from home because they, you know, the bosses don't have to pay rent for everybody to get together every day.
1: I know. I know. Actually. After nine eleven, I thought that you know there would be a lot of more people working from home. And uh, but the technology now has advanced so much in in nearly twenty years. I think it's really going to take hold this time.
0: I do. I mean, you can log into something. They keep track of of your time that you're doing, the work that you're doing. Um, you're able to Collaborate. see people and have <laughs> conversations and interactions. And you know, there's we've we've definitely come a long way since, since 9 11. I remember I was in Vegas during 9 11. Uh, and that is, Vegas is like an Island that's just surrounded by sand. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it took a little while for Las Vegas to bounce back, but it did, it bounced back pretty quick and, uh, did everybody did really well after, but I think our industry is the first thing that's going to bounce back. Because people want to eat, they want to drink, they want to have fun, they want to enjoy their life, and it's you know easy to do that when you can have some cocktails,
1: yeah, yep. have some friends. Well, I, I I've told this story before, but uh, I forget if I've told you it. But uh, in in uh, January there was a a warm day in on a Saturday, and uh, I I wasn't I happened to not be working that day, but um, it was. a unusually warm day in Manhattan uh in January and the bars were packed and people were in every every bar you know four o'clock in the afternoon every bar was just packed people couldn't wait to get out and be with other people and and uh and and then they weren't being forced to stay home they were they were it was cold so people didn't go out as much you know but um on that one warm day I just think of that you know one day we'll all be back in the bars and enjoying each other's company again. Yeah,
0: no, it, it'll come. You
1: know, we're we're
0: resilient as people. I don't know. I, I, I like the fact, though, that I get to see my wife a lot more. I get to see my daughter a lot more and hang out with them. Um, we're kind of homebodies anyways. But, you know, to be, think about it, to be young right now, where you were like, hey, I'd never stay at home, not one night. Now you're at home for a couple months. It's yeah. tough. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, tough yeah. to...
1: All right, so you got one more book. Did we do all five? No, I did five. Oh, yeah. we did five. Okay, cool. Actually, I'm, I'm gonna sneak in a quick sixth. This uh, it's cool. not a cocktail book, but it's the Flavor Bible, which is a great book, and it just great book. It, talk about research. How much research went into this? And you could just pick something like. And actually, there there are booze in here. Like you could look up rum, and then it'll tell you, you know, things flavors that go well with with rum. But you know, let's say strawberries. You know, you want to make a strawberry drink of some sort, and you go in there, and it'll give you a list of like twenty or thirty um, other ingredients that go well with that ingredient. So it's 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 amazing resource. So definitely worth picking that up.
0: Yeah. uh, That's, that's a know There's a lot of cookbooks that could definitely help you become a bartender and that, that isn't even a cookbook. It's merely just information on flavor, which we kind of share with chefs. Uh, but great book mandatory to have that, especially if you're creating cocktails, uh, new cocktails, and you're looking for how to come across something that maybe somebody hasn't done yet or that's very, very unique, or some flavors that people would think, oh, those might not go together, but they go together amazing, uh, that that book is perfect for that.
1: If you're creating original cocktails, it's really uh, great to to use this book to uh, for inspiration. I find it difficult creating original cocktails. I mean, look how many have already been made. Like, I'm really going to make something that's all that different, you know? <laughs> have, have you ever tried to make an original cocktail, and you're like, OK, mm, oh, this is good i just made a pego (laughs) club
0: uh yeah you know a lot of it is based on those formulas like you're talking about in um you know with gary regan it's a lot of it's just families and the families are basically just formulas and then it's freestyle and it's changing certain things uh in each of it to to for the cocktail to be in that family, but you know, you're you're making it your own. I love, you know, when I was bartending to have people say, hey, make just make me something. I hit them up with what, what flavors they like, whether like spear forward or more refreshing, and then just running with it and making that cocktail for them and, and you know, straw testing it and if it's good, you let some of the other bartenders you're with straw test it and you're like, yeah, and then you pass it on out. I, I love that especially when I'm like three or four deep (laughs) and it isn't really the appropriate time to be like, go on the fly. But yeah, I I think you should always bartend like you're three or four deep anyway, and just be used to being that busy.
1: Yeah. 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 I think, I think it was the first time I went to Tails, there was a seminar about um, uh, what we call dealer's choice, where somebody comes up to your bar and says, you know, make me something. And uh, the gist of it was you should probably have four or five in your back pocket ready to go at any given time, you know? <laughs> don't don't just true. try to like make it up on the spot. 100%. And then one more book, cocktails Made Simple by the hey. two of us easy and delicious recipes for the home bartender and and it says home bartender but I think I always say I think it's a good for um, if you read this book from beginning to end and made every cocktail recipe in it uh, I think you'd have a really good basis for, for being a professional bartender as well
0: yeah that's it's a perfect starting guide to explain some of the things that we do and why we do it and to go over the basics of the most important drinks that you need to know and everything it's all right there yeah. so you know I think uh I think we did a good job sir.
1: I think so too. And they're all um classic recipes. No no original recipes in here, but they're they're as you, as we say they're um recipes come in families. So when once you know how to make something, you can go off and make a riff on it of your own or an established variation. So it's super important to know all, all these classic recipes. Yeah, and you
0: you also did the same thing which was sharing the original recipe and then sharing something that works really well for you as far as your version of it goes. And I think that's really cool because people yeah, you know, it's important to show everybody the original recipe and what it what it originally was or what it's mostly known as, but also that you can add a couple things or add your own take on it and that's what people are really going to like that you they can get that made that way by you.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, some of the things too are like um, the Cosmo, for instance. You're talking about I, I added a um, very vari- my variation on it, and um, I like to use uh, I like to use Grum-A-N-Y in mine, um, but that stuff's expensive, so I add a little simple syrup to amp up the sweetness. So I'm not using you know I'm only using like a quarter ounce of, of uh, expensive Grand but adding the simple syrup, which is super cheap, uh, kind of offsets it. So um, I mean that's only one one example of why you would make a variation but um you know you gotta always i'm always trying to keep uh, finances in mind even though i don't own the place but uh, you know i think it's important to do that
0: yeah if you're gonna lead a program you need to understand all the components of running a bar and, and leading a program and you need to dive into it because one day you may want to open your own bar and you're not going to be successful at it if you don't understand costs and why why uh, managers do the things that they do, and why the business needs to be run a certain way. So you know, when you take on that lead bartending role, uh, it's it's important to dive in and learn how to do inventory, how to do these things that aren't the funnest to do, but it's important for you to do them to function as a successful business or bar. I do want to say one thing about the Cosmo. Uh, I am sick and tired. A bartenders giving the Cosmo a hard time I find that to be the most ridiculous thing in the world the Cosmo is a uh, modern classic cocktail it's hard to say modern and classic in the same se- same sentence but I mean it's a modern cocktail that is considered a classic and it is I understand sex in the city and we all had to make cosmos all the time and everybody wanted people to try new things we were educating everybody but to dismiss a drink that is so important to the cocktail culture is ridiculous and then in the same breath as they make fun of cocktails their uh, cosmos uh, they they say how great Dale DeGroff is and Dale DeGroff is you know I mean he made the Cosmo famous and we use Dale's recipe, predominantly to, to make Cosmos. And so it's it's just, it's funny how that works. I hate the Cosmo. I love Dale. And it's like, <laughs> Well, I'll
1: tell you what. I, I do love the Cosmo the way I make it. But um, I hate one made with Rose's Lime Juice and uh, Triple Sec. <laughs> That's true. I agree. <laughs> you know, I use fresh, fresh lime juice the Grumman, eh? and the uh, gramonier and it's delicious. But, um, you know, those two, those... You know, a seven dollar bottle of triple sec is obviously not a good product. <laughs> and no, you know, no. And the fresh lime juice makes a gigantic difference in the drink, so just goes to show you how important every single ingredient you put in your drink is.
0: One hundred percent. I completely agree. Um but yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of really awesome modern cocktails that are out there right now. I just the Cosmo always gets a bad rap and I I wanna throw my two cents in about it, that's all.
1: Yeah, no, I dig it. <laughs> dig it. Well, sir, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, thanks for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me
0: Albert. I appreciate that.
1: And all the best to you and your family.
0: Thank you, you as well. Stay safe and happy, everybody out there. Uh, you know, we're all stuck in the house, and I know that sometimes that can lead to, you know, people thinking negatively and never think negatively. We're going to get through this. Everything's going to be great, but you need to stay safe Healthy and happy. They all go together.
1: Absolutely. Well said. So cheers. Cheers, man. Well, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that. I'll have a list of all of those books we mentioned on bartenderjourney.net in the show notes. Hey, everybody's home, and uh, if, if you got something interesting to say, please get in touch, and maybe we'll have you on the show. i um, looking to line up some more guests for the upcoming weeks, so please get, uh, get a hold of me. You can email me directly at brian at bartenderjourney.net or find me on Instagram at bartenderjourney, and uh, I'd love to hear from you. So, everyone, stay safe, be well, and cheers. We'll see you next time on the Bartender Journey Podcast.